welcome to the first instalment of the Sinister Nation podcast. Today, I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Wolfie. Say hello. Well, hello, everyone. And uh, we were going to have another guest, but he was not available tonight, which sucks. So we are going to do this on our own for our first ever episode. Isn't that right? Very much so. Been long anticipated from us. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, first things first, let's hear a bit about you, Wolfie. Right, so, I am a 20-year-old, or Jesus, forgot my fucking age, (laughs) 21-year-old. Rainbow Six coach currently. I was a player for many of years uh, since year one, season four. Uh, worked my way up from PS4 originally when I was still on the beta, threw over to Xbox when console Pro League was still a thing, and then ended up just sticking with the same group ever since about year two. And then we won a couple leagues here and there, did our own thing, and then transferred to PC. Now they're on the grind to Challenger League, and I'm their coach. Yeah, so you haven't really long been in the team, have you? I mean, when did you join? Three, two, three weeks ago? Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So, uh, and and this is the first time we've actually spoke and heard each other's voices. It's a lovely one. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if you haven't noticed, I am from the United Kingdom and Wolfie here is from the United States of America. So, yeah. I mean, we only know what each other looks like through Snapchat, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good, it's all good. So, um, I'll just give you a little bit of information on what this whole podcast series is going to be about. It's just something that we're trying out to sort of... You just opened a can of monster, didn't you? You know, actually... Is this... Yeah, it is. Fuck, you know me well. I fucking knew it, I knew it. Sorry, Kyle. Yikes. Right, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of uh, information on what this podcast is going to be about. And uh, so pretty much it's going to be, or it will always be me and Wolfie. Wolfie is co-hosting this with me and we'll hopefully be bringing on guests. Uh, so members from Sinister Nation and people that have helped Sinister Nation. We're hopefully looking at getting in some people from our sponsors hashtag Aporia Customs check us out we've got an awesome merchandise line supplied by them and uh, yeah so you can sort of get to know us a bit better you can relate to us and uh, hopefully it's a bit more engaging for all the people out there that, that uh, want to know us a bit better and I think it's probably worth that we give them a rundown on Sinister Nation just Absolutely. in case someone turns up into this and they're like what the so uh yeah let's tell them what you know wolfie what do you know you know i've been here from the start i founded this what do you know uh basically this is an org that has kind of started a couple years ago if i remember correctly 2015 20 2014 it originally started but we took a slight break uh just due to the people I was running it with, it actually started in like the community. So a couple of people I went to school with as a battlefield team mm-hmm. uh, and then a competitive Call of Duty team. But we took about 
a two, three year break to sort of uh, just get the qualifications that we were applying for and the jobs that we are in now. So yeah, sort of 2018 summer is when I really put the my foot on the pedal and decided to make this something. I got you. So yeah, I, uh, I basically came in just expecting to be the coach for Sinister over on the uh, PC side of R6. And then it quickly kind of just grew. Like I developed a huge, huge kind of attachment, if you will, to the way that you run things and how everybody is here. And it just continued to grow more and more. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. Now here I am, co-CEO advisor thing. Yeah, I just fucked that all up. But hey, you know. <laughs> hey man, it's all good. First time, um, shit happens. But yeah, I just came over, just looking to be a coach, and it just kind of grew into something more. It just felt like home. Yeah, I mean, Sinister Nation is it is definitely a family, isn't it? I mean, everyone Absolutely. in it. We we all look, look out for each other. I mean, we have our problems, but we make sure they're nipped in the bud very quickly and efficiently. Mm-hmm. But which yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what you want. It's what you want. Um, but yeah, we we are an esports organisation. We compete in Rainbow Six, uh, PS4, and PC. We compete in Call of Duty. We've attended the last two CWL events, and we are attending Anaheim in the next month, which will be very exciting. I'm really uh, looking forward to how the team performs there. Uh, we also attended a Midwest Esports LAN event a couple of months ago, uh, which went really well. I heard it was a really good experience for the team. Uh, we also compete, we have teams in Fortnite, but yeah, they're good guys. You know, they're, they're, they're younger than a lot of us, but that's just how it is. They're sort of prospects, I suppose you could put it. Yeah because they're, they're all quite new into the sort of competitive scene whereas our Rainbow Six players and Call of Duty players and Counter-Strike players they, they've been around for a long time yeah especially I can really vouch for like us on Siege like we've just been doing this shit for perhaps too long we're just old <laughs> men at this point yeah I mean I've been around since I've been playing competitively since 2010 so I mean I've been doing this for almost 10 years and started up this team almost six years well five years ago almost six years so that's pretty crazy so it's been a long old grind but things are definitely starting to come together we've got some good stuff planned yeah it's just going to keep going up from here especially uh, the way we stick to things yeah yeah 100 100%, 100%. i mean we have got some really cool stuff planned uh pre-orders i mean we may as well dip into this now but we're hoping to get our own custom gaming chairs released. So pre-orders for these will be live on Friday if everything goes well. Um, so yeah, you know, stay tuned on our Twitter at SinisterES. Put them post notifications on and definitely stay tuned for them. They're going to be uh, for sale for $140, but they're going to look cool. They're That's still look a cool. good price too. Like, Gaming yeah. chairs are fucking expensive. Exactly, exactly, and and especially, especially for one that is, you know, for a team of, you know, we're not we're not a professional team. We're not, you know, 
competing in the pro leagues, although we hope to. This isn't our full-time job. For a team that is, you know, semi-professional, I suppose you could call it, it's a big step and it's definitely showing a lot of people what we are capable to do as an organisation. I mean, if you can name me one other organisation at our level that's that's released a gaming chair, I mean... Especially their own line, like, yeah. just not a thing. Yeah, I mean, people have been... I'm not saying that people aren't partnered with gaming chair companies, but their own gaming chairs with logos on in their colour scheme. I mean, I honestly, I don't think it's been done yet. I, uh, not, not to my knowledge. Yeah, no. I mean, if anyone does know of an org that's done it, let me know. But I, I honestly, I couldn't name you anyone. And, you know, it's just like this podcast. There are a lot of esports podcasts out there. Uh, a lot of people in, in it, you know, talking about esports, doing podcasts. But at our level, name someone that's doing it. It's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think that just goes to show that we are a really forward-thinking organisation run by a great group of people. Absolutely. Like, we just started from, I mean, kind of the bottom of the barrel and just worked our way up to where we're at now where we're closing on 30,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah, we're all... We are also 60 followers off that, so everyone... Get on that. Get us to 30,000 before the end of June. And that would be awesome. That would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of good stuff planned. I, I, I Honestly, I can't wait to see what the future holds for us and the competitive teams. I mean, you know, I, I think we've got a great selection. I mean, all all, all team teams and players, they're, they're basically hand-picked, aren't they? Precisely. There's no one picked up on just, oh, can I join? They are, they're hand-picked. They're, you know, they have to fit our work ethic. Because I, I, I honestly think that the drive to succeed in Sinister Nation is what sets us apart from a lot of other organisations. You know, there's a lot of other people that may have orgs, may be quite big. And, you know, respect to you all. But, you know... The sinister, the sinister nation drive to succeed, it, it's it's unbeatable, really. And, and the the support that we show each other, you know, like last night you competed, um, the Rainbow Six PC team competed in their first. It was it. It was your first scrim under sinister yeah, nation, wasn't it? It was our first scrim under yeah. sinister, and then our first scrim on PC. Yeah, exactly, and. You won. Yeah, in a really good fashion, too. Yeah. It showed a lot of experience. Like, all of us on that roster, let me think. Yeah, everybody on that roster was a crossover from Xbox, where we were all, like, together at one point or another, minus Justin. Justin was the only one that uh, we don't, or that we found over here on X or PC. But Mm. everybody else all of us were together at one point or another yeah exactly so you you have a lot of team chemistry built up don't you a lot i mean the one player odin me and him have we were together for quite a while and then 
like he was there when my daughter was born not actually in person but we were like talking over snapchat and all that uh me and ravage especially we've talked every single day even when we weren't on the same team just always been super close that's my baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, same with exercise like we all just started at the same point i think that one was year one season four really i think we yeah we actually met i shit you not in a rank game on fucking favela oh nice what a map what a and map. then it just blew up from there that's where it all started right there yeah i mean it's great i i do seriously think that we have a we, ha- we have a great selection of members within sinister that are all true solid grinders i mean there's some if someone told me to pick my favourite Sin member other than Wolfie here, it wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't be possible. I I, I honestly couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't put I couldn't name one because they they're all such a group of hard workers and it's just what you want to see at this level. I, I, I can't wait to see what you know what where we are at the end of two thousand and nineteen. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're only halfway through and we're already this far along. Yeah. I mean, they're on the grind for Challenger League right now as we speak, like, constantly scrimming, constantly getting practice in. Yeah, exactly. So and I believe you were picked up by Mustang. Yes. You? So I did, I'm not quite sure how it came about, but did you contact him or did he contact you? It was basically me contacting him and then he saw my credentials, like my resume, if you will, and he was like, yeah, yeah. you're on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I still... From what I understand, the old Siege team was... Nah. The old Not Siege to talk team, bad on players, no, but... They, they were a good group of lads, but the problem is, I mean, I don't really understand the full ins and outs of how it fell apart. I mean... But, like, literally one day, one person left. And then, like, you know, someone becoming active. And it just sort of fell apart. I, uh, you know, I don't want to talk bad on anyone at all because they were all, you know, really nice people. And I do wish them the best in the future. But, like, the coach that we had at that point, uh, I believe his name was Atom, he just, he just one day, considering he was advertising himself as a, Rainbow Six coach you just said this isn't for me anymore oh, yeah. wasn't it Parallax Adam yeah yeah I saw him on the free agency boards yeah and I, I, I mean uh, that's a shame Re- really but I, I don't know what happened there I don't know it was a shame but ultimately it worked out yeah it has led to better things and I don't mean that in a mean way or to say anything bad against those guys because they were all nice guys and they're all hard workers, but, you know, we, we, you know, it happens and the only way to move forward is to do exactly what we did and pick up the next group. And here yeah. you are. And I think it's pretty solid now. I couldn't see this team going anywhere, if I'm honest. And then now we're coming out the gate swinging exactly exactly and it's exactly what we want to see um but yeah i mean that's basically in a sort of quick format what sinister nation it is 
is. It's a it is a esports organisation uh, led by a guy in the United Kingdom, founded by a guy in the United Kingdom, with teams competing in the USA. I mean that that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. A lot of people always ask me how I do it, and I say I stay up all night, baby, all night, half one this morning, watching the team scrim. That's how it's done. Yeah, you were. You must have been tired as hell, cause you, didn't you say you woke up at six fifty in the morning? Six fifty a.m. for work. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, my dearest Red Bull got, got me through today. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not doubt that one. No, but seriously, I mean that's what it's all about. I, I could. I mean, ultimately, my goal is to, you know, have something where I could move to America and provide a life you know for my girlfriend if she's still with me at that point in time which I hope she is but you know uh, and provide a better life for my family as well not you know my mum my dad my sister and everyone I just want to you know I just want to make them proud and I think that's uh, one way to do it because I've been into gaming my entire life Yeah, I mean, growing up, my parents never really had my back on the pro gaming thing. They didn't see it, and Mm. it's understandable. I mean, in their time, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly, because I was always a little bit... I mean, I don't even, on a real note, I don't even know if my parents know that I'm running a fucking gaming organization. (laughs) Like, I don't know how. I mean, they must have a slight idea because of the jerseys and stuff. But, you know, they have never once, like, challenged me to say, this is is unreachable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I ask my dad sometimes, I say to him, what did you actually expect me to do? And he said, well, I honestly, I always thought you'd do something to do with um, the PlayStation or computers or something because you've, you've played on them for all of your life. Like, I have literally been playing games consoles for all of my life. Like, from the womb, mate. I was playing on a fucking Sega. Um, <laughs> do, do you remember the Sega plug and play things? Oh, like, yeah. In the back of the TV. I had one of them. Bearing in mind, I was born in 1999. That was my first games console. I mean, what? I'm Jesus, man. I must have literally been playing for all of my life. Yeah, I'm the same and then, way. And then I've got a PS1, uh, a PS2, a PS3, a PS4. I've always been a PlayStation man myself. Um, Naturally, I have been too. I just literally got an Xbox for competition reasons. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I always stuck to PlayStation. And, I, you know, the funny thing is, I was about to switch to Xbox for Call of Duty and stuff because that's what all the CWL tournaments won. And then it switched, mm-hmm. and I was like, sweet. That's awesome, because that, that, that was, you know, I was good. I was good at Call of Duty. But anyway, 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 we're sidetracking and we're talking about me. Sinister Nation is an esports organization, and honestly, it's the best thing I've ever decided to do. And the people that I've met are just awesome. and. I could honestly say that if I was to go to America, I know I could meet up with some of these guys and it'd be like we've known each other our entire lives. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Like, hell, I'd give him one of my rooms. 
<laughs> That'd be awesome, man. Could you imagine that? That'd be great. We start the team house. <laughs> Pick up the sin house. There you go. We, oh, we'll yeah. have uh, my daughter there. She'll be the sin baby. Oh, yeah. Mascot, mate. Mascot. <laughs> Training them young, boy. <laughs> I already do. I hold her when I play and all that. She yeah. has it up. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. But seeing as we have quickly sort of given you a, a, an overview of, you know, Sinister Nation, of a little bit about who I am, because I'm going to be on this podcast for a lot, and a little bit about Wolfie, because he is also going to be on this podcast a lot. Um, and hopefully we can start getting in some guests. I've got a few lined up, which will be cool. Um, but let's talk about something else. So let's talk about Rainbow Six. Seeing mm-hmm. as you are the Rainbow Six coach, you pretty much run the Rainbow Six team with Mustang, and you are the CEO advisor. So what is happening in the world of Rainbow Six right now? What is the news? Right now, it's a lot of the like you you COD players call it roster mania. It's Right now, we call it the NA Shuffle. Basically, after all the Pro League events, usually a shit ton of roster changes are happening. And also, at the same point, we just had a Challenger League end for uh, all of us. So all the teams are kind of moving up, getting readjusted to Pro League, so on and so forth. Yeah. And uh, some of the teams that didn't end up making the cut into Pro League are actually... Their talents being recognized by these orgs, by these teams, and pro league teams are actually making roster adjustments and picking them up because of really? just how good and dedicated. Yeah, uh, one of the notable ones was Fultz. He was on Organized Chaos and Challenger League with one of my old Xbox boys, uh, oh, wow. Merc, and they were second, no third place, I think, all together in Challenger League behind. Yeah. Uh, 92 Dream Team was the one who made it in first. They beat every, basically everybody and got it. Really? And then the Sonics, they ended up re-entering Pro League because they were a bunch of former Pro League players. They had a ton of experience. Yeah. And then uh, Fultz and Merck didn't end up making it in, but they're being picked up by teams. Merck has probably signed an NDA and can't talk about it yet, but I I know the signs. Yeah. It's on his Twitter and all that. So, I mean, can you just, just uh, so everyone knows, Rainbow Six, Challenger League, how exactly does it work? So, you have your league, how many teams go up from Challenger League? Two. The top two teams go up? The top two teams, okay, so basically the top two teams for that do a relegation match, uh, or not really, more so for them it's the upgrade match. Yeah, promotion. And then they're up against a pro league team that was bottom of the rankings like Like, lowest place i see i see and then if the pro league teams win they stay in if they lose they're gone right so it's two up two down or no movement at all precisely pretty much okay so you know what are your how are you going to look at getting into like if 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 you got a plan for your team what what are you sort of how are you looking at getting into the Challenger League and what's your sort of plan from there? So my whole plan is right now, I'm still letting them get adjusted to the roster changes that have been implemented and getting used to the strats, like getting everything kind of in line, the ducks in the row. 
mm-hmm. and then moving from there is my kind of goal. Um, I'm letting them after they get adjusted, probably going to sign them up in like one of the leagues, like ESA or something to that effect. Yeah. Which is kind of like a smaller league. CCS is the same way. They give good exposure, but they're not going to be facing like pro... Well, they can face pro-level ter- uh, players, but few and far between. It's mainly teams of yeah, their caliber. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah. And then once they get on that and they're doing well, performing well, hell, even if they win it, then they're probably going to be doing Challenger League at the same time once they right. start that up. And then from there, if they're doing really good in Challenger League, like they pull it off, get to playoffs, and mm. it's potential they're facing Pro League teams, I'm going to be probably like taking a little bit of time off of work to really go in, review whoever they're facing, and pick their strats apart to make sure my guys go in there. Yeah. Full guns blazing, completely knowledgeable on what they're going to bring to the table and how they're going to beat it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's an awesome plan. I can't wait. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. But, like, how long do you intend to stay in the Challenger League for? Like, have you thought you want to get up into playoffs first time you're in it or, or what exactly? My expectations as a player are very high just because I hold them for myself. Right. Like when I was playing, no matter who I was up against, I always went in thinking I'm the better person, I'm the better player, I'm the better team. Yeah. That's just my confidence. So this carries over into me coaching them and telling them, you guys are going to go in here and you're going to win. Because I'd rather them go in with the winner's mentality that they're going to go in, they're going to dominate Challenger League. Like no matter who they're up against, they've got this. Yeah. So if they can make the run, kind of like similar to 92 Dream Team, 92 Dream Team is literally the dream team. They were a team that consists of quite a few Xbox transfers who during the regular season of the Challenger League, like they barely scraped into playoffs yeah. just because they were doing a bunch of other things too. But before they got in the Challenger League, they were an undefeated squad. Like they were the ones to beat. Yeah. And then in yeah. playoffs, they just went off. They destroyed everybody who was against them. Crazy. The pro Crazy level stuff. teams, all of that. And really? then, yep. And then they just, they're, now they're in pro league. So yes. waiting to be signed by an org. So I'm, I'm correct in saying that each season lasts three months, am I right? In Challenger League? Roughly, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm guessing that's the same for pro league right yeah pro league kind of extends it a little bit just because they do the big pro league finals yeah yeah oh yeah 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 which this year is actually in raleigh north carolina which is roughly like an hour and a half two hour drive for me i'm 100 percent going to that and i'm trying to convince all the other pc guys to go so we can all meet up and rep our sin jerseys and all that do it yeah so you've got you've got challenger league pro league and then you've got the majors Mm-hmm. Am I right? And that that's they're twice a year. With Sixteen teams from all around the world. Yeah, it's kind of a newer thing, the major side of it. Yeah. But I think maybe I wanna say it's only been done once. Like in my if my memory is serving me correctly, there was one US major and one Paris major. And that was last year for the invitational. That's kind of a way to get into the invitational. Yeah. And that's where I'm kind of gearing them towards where I don't know if we can 
make Pro League by the time of the next Invitational. Just thinking realistically, yeah, yeah I see. Time wise, so if that is unfeasible to get them in there by then, I'm gonna have them in every majors. I'm gonna have them in like the community votes. I'm gonna do my best to get them into like everything I can to get yeah. them at the Invitational next year. I'm gonna do. Because it would be amazing to see them perform at that caliber against yeah, the best 100%, teams in the world. Yeah, one hundred percent. That would be that, honestly. That'd just be awesome. Because G two won it, uh, two thousand and nineteen, didn't they? The last one, the most recent one. G two yes. won it. Yeah. I mean, they they they're cool. I like G two. So, I personally like. I'm just that kind of guy. I've never liked seeing teams win consistently it yeah i know what you mean as a viewer I know what you mean like i watch also competitive league of legends and sk telecom were like the main team for fucking years like three four yeah. years they were the yeah. ones who were winning everything it's like come on yeah no i do know what you mean i know what you mean it's like when you can basically just look at the results and go oh well they're gonna win that and yeah it's just like really that's why a team like Empire is a team I want to kind of get my guys towards because Empire was a team that rose through Challenger League, dominated Pro League, and was at the Invitational and facing G2 and took it to a 2-1 series. Yeah. Like, it was neck and neck every match. They were constantly yeah. giving them aggression. And that's why I'm like, okay. If they can do it. Yep, now I want to do it. I want to be now the NA side of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's exciting, really. I mean, the, the Rainbow Six competitive thing is it's quite big, isn't it? It's quite big. There, there's there's quite a lot of uh, like you know, there's a lot of players, there's a lot of teams, and there's a lot of money also. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not sure on what the uh, on what the invitational prize pools are, but I mean, a couple million. Kind of, yeah, the Challenger League, yeah, that's five thousand dollars, isn't it? That's a five thousand dollar prize pool. In, uh, I think uh, it actually just League. got increased. If my memory is serving me correctly, there was a bullet list released uh, like maybe a couple weeks ago for the next right. season of Challenger League, right. increasing the pi- prize pool. I th- want to say, and I could be wrong, of about thirty thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. I want to say so. Because currently, it's two thousand five hundred. For- for first and then so on and so forth one two five eight for second yeah then they increase the prize four. pools across the board like for yes. every single like if you win pro league i want to say it was i think it was 68 or 69,000. like yeah. that's a lot of money on the line to it's start crazy winning this stuff yeah it's crazy it's cr- like crazy big exactly i mean i remember when siege came out um and i was i was going to college actually I, that, I, I remember picking it up from uh, from Game. I mean, I don't know if you have Game over there. Do you have a shop called Game in America? We have GameStop. Oh, you have GameStop. We just have a Game. I think you guys also have EB Games. EB Games. Uh, I know that's an EU thing, like kind of over there, but it's also like Australia, Canada, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of them. I mean, it's all owned by the same company. I used to be a main manager for GameStop, so really? I know like all the other subsidiary ones, and that's where I'm like, okay, I remember game being mentioned. Yeah, game. That that is the UK. I mean, I remember picking that up from there and being like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And I remember like 
you know, when it first came out and everyone was learning it and that and playing it for like weeks and weeks and getting into the ranks and that. And then I don't really know what happened. I just kind of, I, I like just suddenly out of nowhere, the, the average player just like evolved. Do you know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. just, it was just, you know, it was hard. And then I don't know why, but I always seem to have really bad connection whenever I play Rainbow Six Siege. I don't know what that is. So I just kind of dropped off and stopped playing it. See, like, I came around, like, as a competitive player, my story was a weird one. It basically was a whole matter of I met the right people in the right rank game. Guy saw me and was like, hey, I needed a uh, fill-in for a match tonight for an e- on the ESL ladder. Can you fill it? And I'm like, sure. I didn't even know what the fuck that was at the time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'm, that's cool. Yeah. I go in there, drop 19 kills, and they're like, we want you on. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I didn't even know what I was getting into. <laughs> and then I discovered like they're like 50th on the ladder of about three four hundred teams i'm like okay this is a pretty decent team and then like i made friends with some of the higher up on the leaderboard team yeah. like uh slapex was one of my close friends up there he was yeah. on the number one team at the time they were called imagine esports they got rebranded and all that everybody just kind of dispersed but like it just kind of kept growing and growing and growing and i played majors i was playing uh every league that just kind of popped up every mom and pop really ucl was the big one like that one and then gel r6 tv league like i was playing in all of those as much as crazy crazy i mean i remember when i first got into comps um and i like remember the first one million dollar prize pool um Rico Impact winning it. I mean, I was like so hyped over that. I was pretty sure that was 2013, 2014 when they won. And I was so hyped. I was like, I've got to get up there. I was like, this is it. This is it. Like, I've got to do this. I'm getting to the top. And, and that was basically it for me. But yeah, I mean, I started in 2010 playing Call of Duty competitively. And I just remember grinding game battles out like unbelievably yeah, I remember GB's especially oh. on COD I had a very short run on Call of Duty I played it for a, about like a total of five minutes <laughs> and it was it was something like it was fun but it, I quickly realized it wasn't for me like, yeah I, I know what you mean I, I mean. am much more of the I like the team based stuff yeah more so like don't get me wrong COD has its moments but COD is also very player-centric and, like, one person doesn't win a gunfight, that's going to mess up your whole team. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I like you say, you haven't played Call of Duty in a while now, but rest assured, I basically solo queue league play all the time because, uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not running this org. I don't play as many game battles and that as I used to. But solo queuing on league play it, it's just unbelievable I mean last night I was playing it was my first game on on league play I went I went 10 and 3 we won the match 6 versus 2 right 
So I was te- I was ten and ten and one, and I and I died two rounds in a row, and we lost both of them rounds, which is why it's six v two. I mean that other team. Uh, I mean the teammates that I had were just like like one of them had three. Uh, I'm looking at a screenshot that I took because I I just honestly I couldn't believe it. He had three hundred and fourteen damage. It's one hundred and fifty per kill. That means this guy had two kills maybe not That's even ridiculous. two kills maybe not even two kills in, in, in the eight rounds that we played that's accumulated damage in the eight rounds and and someone else 766 i mean what it's just it's just impossible it, it you're yeah. so right when you say it's player centric oh you know i don't want to sound cocky but i'm the only reason that we won that because they did not win a round without me they apart like do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's okay to sound cocky with me because I'm the same way. Especially no, like I'm, I'm, I'm not... that way notoriously with my players. As a matter of fact, like we play a match and I'm the one carrying them. I'm like, guys, I'm the coach. Like, yeah, I don't play nearly as much as you guys. I you guys are constantly grinding. I'm on when I can be. The hell's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to sound cocky because trust me I have not always been this good I remember getting big fat donuts in game battles my friend because I, I used to just play objective so much when it used to be like hard point and dom so it used to be hard point dom and search and um, yeah I was always a fucking yeah. search player yeah and I uh, and I used to hate search and destroy I just could not play it at all but hard point and uh, hard point and domination right I remember in some GBs and some scrims, I'd have zero kills, but have like two minutes 30 in the hard point or some just some ridiculous objective time, but with no kills. It was, I mean, it was unreal how, how long I spent in the objective compared to how many kills I got. Yeah. I, I mean, but I mean, that's learning though, isn't it? That is learning. I Very used to chuck so. my body at the objective, and I mean, it won. It won us the matches. So that's what matters. Like sometimes you just have to do that. Like yeah, you just gotta I, get that dub sometimes. I, I've done that in siege. Like, like all right, guys, I'm gonna bait myself. Figure I'm gonna call out where they're all at from me just running in the objective. Yeah. Good luck. Win the gunfights. Yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. It is just properly, properly crazy. Like two minutes thirty in the in the hard point with. With like you know, zero kills or eight, nine, ten captured flags. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just unbelievable, properly unbelievable. And I had a mind blank. I was literally just about to say something, and I've had a mind blank. That's uh, all good. Ugh. Like I, it was gonna, it was something really interesting as well about my Call of Duty days, and it's just completely gone out of my head. It happens uh, like that. I've been, uh, we've been talking for fifty minutes straight. Jesus Christ, that's just. I'm not gonna say that. I don't know if that's allowed, so I wasn't gonna finish that. But my goodness, that's a long time. But like, I, I honestly, what was I gonna say? I cannot remember. I cannot remember. Um. Just like, okay, as an example for you with me on Siege, like, I was such a weird player. I still am. Like, over on or over on PC, you can always have, like, you know, better resolutions, aspect ratios, all that. Yeah. 
So up there, everybody runs an ACOG. You know, the ACOG set before time zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does it, but I still stick true to my old Xbox ways and just run Reflex and Hollow on every oh, single yeah, operator. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Like, it never fucking ceases for me. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, uh, every single Call of Duty, right? I know there's a lot of people that switch guns up. Like, they could be using two free guns. And, and I've, I've never, ever been like that. I have always been, you know... I choose my gun at the start of the Call of Duty that I want to use, and I grind that for the entire Call of Duty, and I learn it, and I know it. I bet I like, you know what I mean. I just train it into the into my brain. Yeah, you were definitely the opposite of me. Really? Were you yeah. a multi-gun cut type of guy? Absolutely. And nah. on top of that, I was also <laughs> on my little bit of COD that I did play. I always went for off-meta guns that were really? just really fucking awful, but I made them work. Yeah, you see, I would always pick a gun at the start, see what got GA'd or not allowed, um, and if it wasn't the gun that I was using, then obviously I'd stick to that. If it was, then I'd use another one, um, and I would just stick to that one gun all the way through, all the way through, and I would just learn everything about it. I, I, like, I remember knowing my gun's reload times, like so I knew exactly how long I had, like that was my that was my sort of like death meter, you know, I suppose you could call it. I knew exactly how long I had before that gun reloaded. Uh, it was just crazy. It was so weird. But then didn't do very well at school. But I knew my fucking how my gun would reload when I got back home on Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, I'm the same way. Like <laughs> crazy. With the amount of siege I've put. Oh, speaking of which, uh, hang on one second. Uh, okay. I'm sick. All right. <laughs> Shit, sorry. I was in a clutch. I was playing Sophia. And <laughs> I got downed. And I was like, fuck, revive yourself. And the guy ran out of ammo. Apparently, he started rushing at me. So I was trying to quickly reload before he got to me. <laughs> Had to slice his throat. Anyways, um, like, in my short Call of Duty run, I... Uh, did a CWL open bracket on World War Two? Oh, World War Our II. first don't, match. Don't, no. Our first match was up against Ghost Gaming. Right. Who is now Midnight Esports. Oh, God, not Midnight. And I was like, dude, are you fucking me right now? I was like, you know what? I'm just, I, all of our whole team was like, yeah, we're going to lose this one. Because <laughs> we were just doing it for fun. And then yeah. they come in here, like, ready to go. And we're like, well, fuck it. Let's just fuck around. So then everybody, you know, the gentleman's agreement, World War II was no shotguns, right? Yeah. Yeah, I said fuck that gentleman's agreement. <laughs> I took a double barrel shotgun, slapped on the mountain class, so my footsteps were silent, threw on energetic so I could rush. It was London Dogs S&D, and then a baseball bat. Oh, So Jesus, I'm just heck? hauling ass through the uh, warehouse side of London docks to get across to where the snipers usually went and just blasting them with a fucking shotgun bat. Oh my and then God. if I got caught out with my pants down in the middle of an alleyway, I would just hide or run off to a side alley and just pull out my bat and just wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think it, I think during the final kill cam, at one point I killed the guy who planted the bomb 
I just laid in his dead body, and when his teammate came over, I think it was Parasite, as a matter of fact, I just whapped him in the fucking face with the bat. <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's Did a win, win in my book. <laughs> Did you oh, win? Oh, God, no. We lost. We lost oh. horribly, but we got two rounds out of my dumbass shenanigans. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, we have been speaking for a long, long time. So I think that we should probably call it a day right about now. I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah, for our first one, it's, a, it's I, a pretty I, solid, about an hour. Yeah, honestly, you know, I, I envisioned it not lasting very long, but somehow we've managed to speak for 53 minutes. Um, it shows the- once we have the rest of the, once we actually have more guests, and all that, it seems oh, going to be like going on for a minute. Mate, could you imagine that? We'd probably have like a day-long podcast or something. <laughs> That's <laughs> how they usually hours. go, though, like six, seven hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for our first one, I think we've done a good introduction. We've had a good talk. And, you know, hopefully, if you are listening to this and you know us, then I hope that you've enjoyed it. If you stumbled across us, I hope that you've enjoyed it. And, you know, follow us on social media. We use Twitter. We're on YouTube. We use Twitch. Stay tuned. Gaming chair pre-orders Friday. Make sure to turn them tweet notifications on. Um, And that is about it from me, and Wolfie and Sinister Nation.